Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're very welcome to another episode of the Scaling Your Business podcast. For this episode, it's a bit of a throwback to an appearance I made on the Sales Evangelist podcast with Donald C. Kelly. Anyone in sales will probably be familiar with the Sales Evangelist podcasts. Over 1,500 episodes over the last number of years. And many of the top figures in the industry have appeared on this podcast. And it was my pleasure to appear to talk about the topic of what to do when a prospects when a prospect ghosts you. So sit back, enjoy, and I will be back with a guest for the next podcast. But for the moment, sit back, enjoy what to do when a prospect ghosts you. We all know that feeling where we get a prospect, we work so hard to grab their attention, and now we have an appointment. They literally schedule an appointment with us to talk to us. But then all of a sudden, when you go to that appointment, the prospect is nowhere to be found. They're not answering their phones, they're not returning your emails. You wait a day or two and you try to get connected with them on LinkedIn, you even send a text message and nothing. Listen, I'm telling you straight up, you just got ghosted. And on today's episode, we're gonna talk about what you can do and how you can handle the situation whenever you get ghosted. This is gonna be a good one because I know you got ghosted once or twice before. Let's go ahead and check it out. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to another great episode of the Sales Evangelist Podcast live here on TSC TV. I am your host, your coach, your mentor, Donald Kelly, the Sales Evangelist. Let's go ahead and dive into the episode. We don't want to take up too much more time. Welcome to the show, Rian. Hey, Donald. Welcome. Oh, man. I'm excited to have you today. You're all the way over in Dublin, right? I am currently uh, <laughs> stuck out in Dublin, Ireland. Um, I'll be back in uh, the USA in November, I hear. So it's a while more till I get back over. <laughs> well, we can't wait to have you. We're excited to have we're excited to have you for this episode and mm. for us to pick your brain a little bit because we're going to talk about what to do when a prospect ghosts you. And we all have felt that. We all have been there. But before we dive into all that fun stuff, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you and what you do, man? For sure, sure. Uh, 28 years old, graduated college five years ago. Um, and for those who are familiar with Sandler, you'll know that it's a sales training company. I worked as part of the Irish franchise for a year or two. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Moved to Australia for a year. Uh, came back and started working uh, in uh, the sales area. Uh, went back into Sandler, but started working with the home office instead of the Irish franchise. And then I decided to go out my own two feet and build up a agency that helped B2B sales leaders kind of fill their events and get their people, get themselves in front of more people regularly. Uh, yeah. And I've transitioned into doing it for myself now. So uh, working with clients from Singapore to Dublin, Ireland, to London, to Baltimore, to Washington, to all over the world, um, really just jumped two feet in and I've had a blast so far. Dude, that's amazing, man. Congratulations. That sounds like a, sounds like a, an, an, an adventure that you're on. <laughs> mm, for sure. Amazing, man. Well, I'm excited to pick your brain a little bit because mm. we've all felt there. We've all felt that we've been there when you, you set up the appointment, you think you've done everything in the world possible, but then no matter what, the prospect misses the appointment, they ghost you. And when you try to reach out to them again, 
you can't hear from them. It's like they yeah. disappeared off planet Earth. So <laughs> when you get in that situation, what should we do? Maybe you can give us three or a few things that we can do. We can take time and break each of them down. Would that be fair yep. enough? Yeah, uh, sounds perfect to me. If I said I had seven things and prepped for this, seven <laughs> things that we could do, and we can focus a minute on one or four or five minutes on another, it doesn't really matter. But Yeah, I've, you can have seven. Got, let's do it. Let, let's do it. So the first thing is you want to make sure that uh, there's a clear why um, mm. in it. Like what's in it for them? Uh, have you explained uh, to, to, to the person uh, the next steps. So for one example that you could do is uh, myself and yourself are talking, you're a prospect straight after this call. Do I email you thanking you for the call and that's it? Or do I email you with the bullet point of the next step what we've both agreed to happen? And I think there's not enough people doing that, that particular step of emailing and laying out the next steps that you both mutually agreed to on the call. So that's one of the first things. Why do you feel that people don't do that? Is it because they just don't have the time or do you feel that it, they feel that it, it doesn't work in their mind? Like, um, great question. But one of the things I, one of the reasons why I think that is because they hear a lot of positive words and they <laughs> think it went well and they think they've bagged one and uh, they may go as far as thanking the person, but that's about it. Whereas you got to assume that if you hear positive words, get worried. And yeah. if you hear more positive words, get even more worried. So <laughs> make sure you agree when it comes to the start of the call, you guys set a good upfront contract. And that's probably point two is a good upfront contract. But at the end of the call, get them to repeat to you as well, the mutually agreeable next steps, and then send it an email as well. Far few, there's so many people that don't do that. And the people that do do it are always those that hit or over exceed their target. Yeah, and I've been there where I was that sales rep that just I, I when you said the good word, you know, people get excited like they say good yeah. stuff or the nice fluffy words like yeah, I'm gonna tell so and so about this and yes, let's have another call someday and it's like yeah, I, I think I got a deal and and then in reality that person runs away but you're you're totally right on that is I've learned to you, you all heard the term assume the sale and I've come to understand that you never really assume no you want to make sure you assure the sale. And I think one of the ways you can assure that, like you're saying there, is give it that bullet point, give it the next step. And I love the fact that you go back to the psychology behind it. When they can repeat what's going to happen next, that's where money is at too, right? For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the next one that I, that I really try to get people to focus on is getting the person to accept the calendar invite. Um, huh. You can't expect someone to turn up to a call if you don't send them an invitation. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds, it sounds basic, but there's far too many people that – expect someone to turn up to a call or a phone call. You might take out your phone and ring the person, but if they've not got it in their calendar, why would they accept the phone call? Yeah. We focus on today and nowadays. Uh, people hate going to meetings. If you go to a meeting and you schedule, what I often do is if I know that a meeting is going to take 20 minutes, I'll ask someone for 30 minutes so yeah. that at the 20 minute mark, I can give them back 10 minutes of a day because then I'm seen as a hero in, in their eyes, particularly just for that moment. But yeah. It, if you're uh, asking people for more meetings, I say shift that dynamic and ask people for time and then always ask a little bit more than what you want so you can give them back some of their own time. But you've got to ask for that and get it on their calendar. What I always try to do and is when I'm on a call with a prospect is I get them to open up their calendar while I'm on the call with them, while we're going through those next steps and get them to pick a date in a diary that suits. Don't hesitate and push them back on a couple of dates either. 
So, for example, if we're on a call today and you say, hey, Rin, I could do, um, I could do this Wednesday at 2 p.m., how does that suit you? I'm, I might be free this Wednesday at 2 p.m., but I also might want to seem busy that you're not my only prospect in my pipeline. <laughs> so I can push back and say, oh, I can't do this Wednesday at 2 p.m. What about Thursday at 5 p.m.? So, yeah. uh, but, but the important part I'm trying to make there is get it confirmed in their calendar. Or if you're at a networking event, when we get back to those great events, uh, everyone has a phone and, and everybody has a phone with uh, Outlook or whatever calendar they use on it. Get them to open it up, but you open it up first. Say, okay, cool. Well, look, I don't want us to get carried away here and miss out on, on this call. What suits you if you take out your phone right now? And, mm. and, and gently nudge them to put it in the calendar and agree on a date. Yeah, no, I, 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 can't, I can't agree even more so on that. I've been in a situation where the, you ever had those ambiguous, uh, where ambiguity takes over where the prospect is like, yeah, just go ahead and reach out to me next week. And I know when I was a junior rep, I would take that and I would take it to the bank. It said reach yeah. out next week. You know, Ryan said reach out next week. So I'm going to reach out next week. What day next week? What time next week? Who knows? But then I get <laughs> upset. Next like, they're not answering my calls. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have a client who, uh, uh, who has blocked the word or put a filter on the word reaching out. Oh, oh. I, hope, I hope you and your family are well. Because of the COVID crisis, a lot of people are saying that. And if you try email my client those two words or an email containing those two words, it goes straight to their spam filter. So next to... Uh, the uh, putting it in the calendar. The question that far few people ask is, great, thanks for confirming that. Is there anything that you think could happen between now and then that would stop you or prevent you from turning up? Oof. You know, Oof. it could be close to end of quarter and they could get a lot of pressure from the boss. If you put a call at the last two or three days of end of quarter, there's a high chance someone might be like, hey, look, I'm, I'm tight. I've, I... I can't take it at the moment. So is there anything that could happen between now and then that would stop you turning up to this call? Oh, you know, and I think there, let's, we could discuss that one for a little bit. That one takes a little yeah. bit of gut. It, it, yeah. And I feel, especially if you are talking to someone as an executive and they're busy, I think it comes back down to the belief because sometimes I felt as a sales rep that if I'm talking to you and you're a CEO of an organization that you're presumably busy, but I don't take in consideration that I'm busy as well, but I automatically yeah. default to say, well, he's busy and I'm not going to, uh, he gave me a time. So I'm not even going to try to lose this opportunity. I'm not going to ask. I just, how can I presume something like that and, and have the audacity to ask a CEO if what else do you think might interrupt this time? It takes guts, but it also takes, if you did that to me, if I was a, a prospect and you did that to me, it would show to me that you have been down this road before and you understand reality that crap does come up. And you're just trying to mitigate the risk. You know what and I mean? you stand out. You stand out completely. And I love that you want to unpack this a little bit because it, 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 I've seen far too many SDRs, BDRs, a uh, put themselves here and put the CEO here. They're a person as well. They go home. They have a drink with their family. They eat with their family. <laughs> they sleep like you do. They are you. Uh, and the, the difference between those that make it and those that don't is, is taking that risk of, of being a little bit bold and... And uh, how many times do, do do people push a CEO? Very few in, in comparison yeah. to what you what you believe. So yeah, I, go on. No, it's one of the things I learned when I first went through the Sandler program was this idea that you can't lose something that you never had. Financially right? independent, and I don't need the business. 
I could be broke. I could have my last seven bucks in my pocket, but I'm financially independent and I don't need the business because there's I enough need people your money. out there. Yeah. No. And I, and I, I might I, want it, but I don't need it. <laughs> I want to pay them bills <laughs> tomorrow, but I can always find something. And I just, I, I just feel like we, we, we hold it so precious. And you ever, and you probably seen this too when you in your dating life, uh, when you a partner or family or whatever. Like when I was dating in in college, it was always weird. Whenever I had a one of those girls that were very desperate, uh, just really wanted to have a, go on a date or really wanted somebody to to you know to go out with. It was a turnoff, right? It just mm. didn't feel. It wasn't a game. It wasn't that the. I didn't feel that confidence. But if a girl told me, like, you go back to that thing, like, you know, yeah, I would love to, but I can't do anything on Friday. I already have other plans. It's like, all right, cool. I'm gonna get you. The push, <laughs> the, the, the push, <laughs> the push pull factor. I love it. it but that, that's a, that's an absolutely great example. Everyone yeah. loves the chase. Everyone yeah. loves the, to get something they think they can't get. Yeah. Yeah, and especially if I if I come across like if I have importance. Or if I come across to the CEO that I'm trying to get this appointment with and I, you know, I tell them like, you know, do you, I, I want to make sure I meet with you, but if, if there's anything else, what else do you feel that might come up? Like you said, that might push this, this a meeting. What's that? It just gives that a little bit more of the credibility. It really yeah, just respect. like, yeah, because I imagine, like you said, most CEOs don't get that from, especially a junior sales rep, but it just showed that the junior sales rep has moxie that show that they have some kind of guts and, and courage and they show that they're willing to stand up and you, you have to be willing to challenge the status quo if you want to succeed and i feel that's where it comes right back in line too for for any successful ceo to get to where they are in their career they've had to challenge the status quo as well and they've had to be bold so yeah. they know that they've done it in their past and you kind of get that mutual respect and and, and you you're on that same level you're on greatness recognize greatness right exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> I'm loving this, man. All right, so we hit up four points already. Four, five. Uh, next one would be around uh, making no an acceptable answer. So Come on. Hold on. Why? I need yes. My boss is telling me I need an appointment. I need a deal. Why are you coming telling me I need to make no an acceptable answer? I can't well, then, go with the negative mindset. <laughs> well, well, so no is not always a bad thing because no gives you more time to focus on chasing more yeses. I always say that, and, and it was one of the biggest things that I learned, uh, and, and it kind of shifted my dynamic, is there's three possible outcomes on this phone call I'm going to have with you. There's either a yes, either a no, or a referral. Huh. What I'm not accepting is any one of the, something that's not one of those three things. So when we get to the end of this phone call, I'm going to ask you yes, no, or referral. And, and, and I'm okay with no. The, the first time I ever tried it was I went to Starbucks and I, and I met someone in, in Starbucks. And yeah. uh, I, I was a little uncomfortable of saying yes, no referral. So I said, hey, look, why don't we do it this way? At the end of this coffee, if we're going to do business together, I'll pay for the coffee. If we're not mm. going to do business together, you pay for the coffee. So when we got <laughs> to the end of the coffee, I just had to ask him, who's paying for the coffee? And he said, the coffee's on you today. So then I know I'd, I, 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 I had got the business, but it was a much easier way of yes, no, maybe. Because a lot of people don't like asking for money or using the no word. So going for making no an acceptable outcome, but not making nothing, not an acceptable outcome. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. And I feel when it comes towards no, 
Well, and I was being, uh, just being, uh, you know, playing the devil's advocate there with you. I love hearing no, because like you said, it helps me to be able to focus on the people that are going to say yes, because I do know if I get past those that I'm going to get the yeses, but it also gives me opportunity to be able to continue. It's, it's just reality, right? If you, if you, I could expect a yes from every single call, but the reality of that being very realistic, no matter what continent or what planet you live on is not true. The law of averages or the laws of just probability just doesn't add up in that case. Is it a potential? Yes, but the likelihood eh, it's not. So if I talk to 10 people, maybe I'll bat a 60, 70%, maybe 60 or 70% will say, yes, I want to move forward or even 50% of them. But to think that hundred percent of them and then get upset if they say no, that's kind of silly, but expect some people to say no because they're going to self-select and focus on the ones that are ready at this point. It may not be a no forever. It's just a no, not now. That's it. And, and, and no, not now is the mindset you need to take. Not a, they say no in 2018 and it's still not a no in 2020. <laughs> The average tenure of, a, of an SDR is 18 months. So if they say no to you now, 18 months time, they're in a different company. Call them up. <laughs> hey, remember that guy you said no to? Um, so next one is, it probably leads nicely into this one, is that don't yeah. take it anything personally. Don't take it personally. It's business at the end of the day. And the two things that helped me get over this hump, because if, if we talk about personality styles, and if you reference DISC, I am an mm-hmm. SC, which means I don't like conflict. I'm not... Uh, very bold but I've had to challenge myself and force myself to get out of my comfort zone so don't take it personally is the next point and to help me get over that was I'm financially independent and I don't need the business as much mm. as I may want 15 or 20k uh, in, in my account I don't need the business uh, and the other one is IR theory that really helped me so I'm sure you've covered this in a podcast if not in a future podcast you'll cover it but identity versus role Yeah. I start every day believing that I'm a 10 out of 10 that's my identity. My role might be different. Can I show you something real quick? Sure. I'm gonna see if I can find it here in my office. Um, I don't know if, it's, if I can find my binder, but when I first went through the Sandler program, I had a binder and I literally printed off the, in the US there's an interstate called I-10. Ah. <laughs> I think that goes east and west. So I printed off the I-10 logo. Sorry, I hit the mic there. I put it off the I-10 logo and I put it in this binder. And I saw it the other day in my office. And I was like, man, that's cool. It was this idea, though, like you're saying, I'm an identity of 10. I don't care what you think about me. I'm Donald freaking Kelly. <laughs> exactly. You are the man. Yeah. But, but like, for, for football, yeah, I'm yeah. not a 10 and a 10 in football. No hell way I'm not. <laughs> but as a person I'm a 10 out of 10 so if someone says to me hey Reen, you're really bad at football that doesn't make me feel any less worse as a person as a footballer yeah I'm okay with being a minus 10 out of 10 but <laughs> separating your identity from your role is is, is crucially important no and you, I, you, you do you pay attention to basketball at all do you yeah I you do watch I, the, the last dance recently with greatest documentary I've watched this year Oh my goodness, right? Yeah. And Jordan, he was the definition of identity at 10. The man was so confident that he went and played freaking baseball, but it still didn't diminish his, his capability as a human being. He wasn't the no. greatest baseball player, but he was still Michael freaking Jordan. And he was still a strong, uh, still had a strong belief. And another one that I love, an individual that ties to this is Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is one of those individuals where he, he you know, obviously he was a a great college football player. He didn't do so well in NFL, but Tim Tebow adopted and he went ahead and started playing baseball. 
And he doesn't care what people say about him. He still has this yeah. vision and his worth of Tim Tebow as being an awesome individual. And when you can have that belief about yourself as an individual, come on, nothing can stop you. You're going to be bulletproof. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love the energy. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love the energy. <laughs> you got me all excited. You got me all riled up now, man. I just came from another meeting and now we're in here getting me all pumped up. I'm going to make a phone call. Hold up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what us Irish love to do. Get people pumped up. <laughs> Without you get me any more pumped up at 6 p.m. at night or I'm going to have to open a Jameson if you get me more pumped up here. <laughs> and we're not even drinking anything, right? <laughs> no, just water at the moment for now. Water, water in Ireland... <laughs> Water in Ireland is 50% whiskey, so who knows? That's, that's how it comes out of the tap, right? Exactly. Oh my Stay goodness. on for the uh, special edition of this podcast where you get a five-minute exclusive of my tap. Oh, my goodness. Well, this so, is awesome, man. Let's keep going. Yeah, so I have, I have one more, and then what, I, what we could probably do is walk into, sure. like, we, we focused on, like, um, how to reduce the fact the thing of being ghosted but like what to do if you're being ghosted but w- sure. one more in terms of like reducing being ghosted is uh, you're familiar with sandler um, and yeah. there's de- several different ways of saying it but like have a strong upfront contract yeah crucial have a strong yeah. upfront contract what's your agenda what's their agenda what are you going to discuss at the end of the call and then the next steps have a very strong upfront contract you know on email uh, check for a time where we still don't have the time on email you said this do you have anything else to add? Here's what I want to discuss. Here's the possible outcomes at the end of the call. So we're going to talk about this at the end of the call. Have that. It's yeah. from, from the people that I've seen that have been in Sandler training, and I'm, and I'm not pushing Sandler on anyone here, but they, they say that one of the top three things they got from Sandler is your upfront contract. So yes. have, a, have that. Yeah, by all means. It was, it was a game changer for me when I came in as an SDR and I went through a Sandler program. The, it gave me direction right or a vision because i knew when i was getting on those calls i'm telling you straight up i was winging the calls i was just going on and like just hoping this turned into something it was kind of like dumb and dumber when he says you're telling me there's a chance every call you're like you're telling me there's a chance as opposed to really coming in with that confidence and i use this example i tell people all the time i have a friend that we play american flag football and one of our friends, inevitably, every single time, two guys, they would always, by the time it gets halfway during the game, they'll say, I didn't know we we're playing according to college rules. I didn't know we we're playing that rule. And then I'm like, oh, man. So I was like, what worked? So I took my sales experience with Sandler. So every time we played, I made sure for the first 10 minutes, we go over one of the rules. We're going to set the rules before we play because I don't want to hear anybody saying they're cheating or anything like that. This is the out of bounds. And it, it made a big difference. Then. Yeah, <laughs> it was always sure. funny. Yeah, it, it, um, confidence it, it, it is crucial as well. Um, I don't know for any of your listeners if they've not been to Ireland. Google hurling. It's our it's our native sport. Think of like wooden stakes, grown men just kind of beating the shit out of each other <laughs> with, with a small ball. <laughs> it, it, it's the fastest field sport in the world. It's crazy. But besides that, there's a stadium that holds about eighty five thousand people, and every yeah. year the finals held there. So kind of like the Super Bowl. Yeah, and um, I had this great idea of taking a camera in to get pictures on the pitch. So imagine you trying to sneak onto the Super Bowl final on the pitch to take a picture of Tom Brady. What are the chances of you getting onto that pitch? Probably zero. So I said, okay. Now we're not talking Tom Brady level because we're on a small island. But let me see. Could I get on that pitch and take pictures of the players? 
So yeah. I said, what do I need? I need a camera. I need a professional looking camera. We got them. We got tons of them in the studio here. Yeah. I need a vest that the photographers wear. I probably need to turn it to a couple of games pre-season to get people familiar with my face. Did that and acted with confidence. And as the stadiums began to be bigger and bigger and bigger, I recognized faces. And I, I, my, my brother at the time worked in one of the bars in the stadium. And he told me the system of how it worked. I, uh, fast forward, I ended up getting onto the pitch and all with acting confidence. I wore the jumper. I walked past people with a camera. I recorded a short video of exactly how I did it. And it was all down to just acting like you are in that role. I, I got my friend to put on a high-vis jacket and stand outside a parking lot. And people believed that he was the parking lot person letting people in, letting people out. And they'd almost give him money to get their spot. So confidence, <laughs> confidence is huge. I'm not saying everyone should put on a high-vis and make money from the local parking lot. Don't do that. And if you do do it, don't say Donald Doreen sent you. <laughs> no, we're going to put a disclaimer in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> you have to check a box before you finish listening to this episode. <laughs> and don't fly to Ireland if you think that our uh, taps have whiskey in them because you'd be highly disappointed. <laughs> oh, the kids in Ireland would be totally different, right? <laughs> yeah, it certainly would be. No, that's funny, though. And it's true, though. The, um, congratulations for doing that and I think it, it does take a lot of uh, moxie it takes a lot of that confidence yeah. to be able to pull something like that off and I think when it comes to I know I think I know when it comes to us performing in our role as sales rep when we can show up with that confidence show up with that 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 belief or with that assurance that we put the buyer in a good place I feel that the buyers oftentimes are just trying to figure out is they're, they're trying to figure out if I'm going to take this risk or not yeah. right and if there's a way that I can mitigate that risk, or bring down the risk as much as possible, I have a higher chance of winning the deal as opposed to a sales rep that doesn't give that risk. Or maybe the risk, I, I, none of you explain or showed a way to mitigate my risk factor. So then therefore, I'm going to not make a decision, not do anything. And But the best sales reps do these things and they show that confidence. And then the buyer just said, all right, well, I feel comfortable with you. So I'm going to take the next step with you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What's that Netflix documentary, uh, Fire Island? Is that it? Or uh, I haven't watched it, but I do remember that name sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, don't do what he does, but that's just confidence in a <laughs> bottle. Um, so look, it pro probably best to define what being ghosted is because people have a different different definition of what ghosted is. Ghosted, what ghosted is not, and what I hear a lot is you send an email and you don't get a response. Mm. You've just sent one email. And yeah. That's it. What, what ghosted is, is not getting a response from like, uh, having a meeting and then they're not turning up to a follow meeting or getting in contact multiple times and not hearing a response. It's not just a one and done because uh, I think the stats were from the research center that I read up on was uh, it takes 1.5 uh, contacts for the average person to get a response from someone. Yeah. So, you know, and then sales, that's probably increasing. You know, like you got to try different mediums and, and different ways. So like go to not just sending an email and then I'm not getting a response. Um, that's what it's not. What it is, is them not turning up to a follow-up meeting uh, and, and things along the lines of that. But if we want to focus on kind of what to do if you are ghosted, if, 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 if we've got some time left. Yeah, we do have about 10 minutes left. Sure. Uh, first thing I would do that, that, that's worked for me the, the best, and it's surprising, is um, reconnect with them on a different platform. Quite often I start my conversations via email. I might get a booked meeting, and yeah, I've been ghosted before plenty of times, but the, the, way, I, the way I help reduce that uh, is uh, I then go to LinkedIn, find them on LinkedIn. Sometimes they've moved job and they're, yeah. they're no longer in that role. So that's why I've not got a response. 
sometimes they're working on a different project. That's why I've not got a response. So reconnecting with them on LinkedIn is what I like to use um, and starting the conversation there to see, hold on, you dropped the ball on this. Is this because you've left? Oh, I see. Yeah, you have left the role. <laughs> Thank you for telling me you've left the role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, you, you weren't the top priority for them when they're looking at leaving a, a job. And sometimes, like you're saying, don't take it personal. Sometimes salespeople will get all upset. Well, they didn't respond to me. Oh, they're kind of kind of got fired so yeah. <laughs> you didn't really care to respond to all of their potential vendors at that point you're not no. a vendor <laughs> when they got fired they didn't go oh, i better respond to donald about that <laughs> nope. wasn't top of their mind he was so he was so so important in my life <laughs> yeah yeah the um the other technique i like to use and and uh, you've got to be careful of this because uh, i've seen a lot of people use it and if you get if you use it the same way everyone else does it can it can seem very annoying like sure. reaching out or hope you and your family are well in these unprecedented times um is the chinese menu example that's how i first came across it mm. it's where you get in contact with someone and recognize that look things have kind of drifted but there might be a number of reasons for this and laying out two or three or four reasons one of them, uh, uh, laying out two or three or four reasons, and uh, then at the end saying, hey, look, one of the last reasons I usually lay out is, I'm assuming this isn't a fit anymore. If that's the case, and I don't hear back from you, I'm just going to close this file. And people like to help other people and be nice to other people. And when they think they've done something bad, they'll actually get back in touch and go, oh, no, no, really sorry, actually. I've been meaning to get back to this. Or, yeah, no, you're right. And, and, they'll, and they'll be nice to you and they'll help you close the file. I found that using the word closing the file has helped me get a response more than ever. Yeah, big believer in that. I love it. And that's a great point there um, to, to give them the option. It's amazing how the human brain works with, uh, with psychology. Yeah, yeah for oh, sure. Man, so good. The, uh, the last one that I uh, always tell people to be careful of is um, have someone else read your email before you send it. <laughs> uh, the, re the reason I say that is because as humans, we're emotional. Some people can control their emotions better than others, but if you've not heard back from a prospect for five, six, seven, eight times, and then you write them an email, there can be a little bit of emotion in there. So before you hit that send button, have somebody else read it because you don't want to come across and, as, as aggressive, and you certainly don't want to burn any bridges. Yeah. Particularly living on an island with, what, five million people, um, I can't afford to burn any bridges here because I don't, um, I don't know when I'm going to come across them next. They may yeah. set up their own company. They may become a bigger prospect for me in the future. Who knows where the future lies? Don't burn any bridges. Have someone read your email before you send it. And you know, the cool thing with that too, the other part is that even though, like you're saying, there's 5 million people on the island, there are, they're probably not, there probably is a smaller percentage number of those. I mean, not probably, there is a smaller percentage of those people that are in your space or mm. even in the business world, maybe a bigger pond, but then particularly in those spaces or clients you go for, the size of clients, so yeah, and like you said, maybe they switch companies. So if I burn a bridge here and they go to another company and client that I have, like you're working with Rian, oh my goodness, the guy's a jerk. <laughs> you see exactly. the email that he sent me before and yeah, that could cause an effect there, man. Well, exactly. listen, one major advice. We're coming up to the end here. If there's one major piece of advice you'd give to somebody regarding ghosting from this episode today, what's that major piece of advice? Ooh, uh, major piece of advice is to mutually uh, agree to the next steps mutually yeah. agree to the next steps because if you've get if you get someone to repeat it to you and you can act a little bit dumb in that yeah. sense like what it might look like is um 
sorry, did you say, was it June 9th, 9th that we're chatting on? And you know that it's June 10th and they go, oh, no, no, we're chatting on June 10th. Excellent. I've just got you to t- tell me when we're chatting. Yeah. So mutually agreed, but having them say it to you as well, because when, when we say it as a person, we're much more likely to commit to it. Oh, man, there you go. And it's, again, it gets, it gets, re, it gets reestablished in your brain, it gets reestablished in your mind, and it solidifies a little bit more. Exactly. Man. Well, Rain, if somebody out there listening to this, they're like, I like this guy. I want to go ahead and connect with them. <laughs> What's the best way for them to go about connecting with you? LinkedIn. Hit me up on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and put your LinkedIn connection in the show notes. And if you're listening or watching this on Apple, excuse me, not Apple, on Apple Podcasts, go down into the show notes. If you're watching this on TSC TV, go down below. We have all the information there. We thank you again for taking the time to watch and be a part of this episode today. And thank you so much for coming on the show today, and we appreciate you, man. Thank you very much, Donald.